Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. President Trump tweeted about a big United States Supreme Court win, and it was indeed a big win for Trump. The court bolstered Trump on one of his signature issues, clearing his administration to enforce a new rule that will bar nearly all Central American migrants from applying for asylum at the U.S.-Mexico border. Joining me is Harold Krent, dean of the Chicago-Kent College of Law and author of the book Presidential Powers. Harold, this was an emergency application by the Trump administration. What did the court decide? The court just lifted the injunction that precluded um, implementation of the new rule, which required, as you mentioned, anybody from South America to first apply for asylum in Mexico uh, before they could apply in the United States. And that obviously prevents individuals, almost all individuals from Honduras or Guatemala, though not from Mexico, to come and seek asylum in the United States. So this is a new policy of the Trump administration that reverses settled asylum practices that lower courts had put on hold. So this isn't a case of the justices keeping the status quo intact while the case winds its way through the courts. Have courts before the Roberts Court done something similar? The Supreme Court has said that a stay of an injunction is an extraordinary remedy, and the question is whether the situation merits it. What the Solicitor General said in this case, and it does have at least some credence in my view, is that if the Supreme Court is going to take the case anyway, then that may have started a flood of people to try to get across the border um, because of the injunction until the Supreme Court could reach the merits of the case. It's not a frivolous argument, and that may have persuaded the court that the harm was so to the United States was so great that it justified the extraordinary remedy of staying the injunction while the, before, while the case goes through the courts. So the Supreme Court will get to hear this on the merits, again, probably this term. Does this early ruling indicate to you that they will also approve of the order when it comes to them? It is, there are two principal factors that a, a court will consider in an extraordinary situation like this. One is, what is a, it's a peek at the merits. How likely is the government to, to win or the pro-migrants um, uh, groups will win? The second one is, what's the level of the harm? So it is possible that just because the level of the harm is considered so great that the court granted the stay because of that, not because of the merits, but I think it also is a pretty strong signal that the court will likely uphold the administration's policy. And the biggest legal issue, in my view, is, is I think you put it pretty well. This is a direct change of policy, and even though there is some discretion that the government has about enforcing these immigration rules, shouldn't Congress be the one to change that dramatically our policy as opposed to uh, the administration by a one-sentence order. As you mentioned, it was an unsigned order. There were two justices dissenting, Justices Sonia Sotomayor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. What was their argument against allowing the policy to go into effect? Their arguments were that this is not such an extraordinary situation. They didn't talk that much about the harm. They did talk about the merits. 
and they were very skeptical of the administration's arguments on the merits for upholding the claim. They said there was no rush, there should have been open discussion, and they, they thought that this was so dramatically different than the statute, uh, previous statute that had been in place, that it was likely that it would be considered to be a violation of the statute. They also agreed to some extent with the lower court's finding that the government hadn't adequately justified a need for the new rule, and that was a yet a separate ground that the district court had used in granting the injunction. So the, it's, again, they really focused mostly on the merits. They also did, said, said that it didn't seem like there was a huge um, need to say the injunction, uh, so they wrote separately to express their displeasure with uh, seven other members of the court. Sotomayor also wrote, quote, historically the government has made this kind of request rarely. Now it does so reflexively. And as we've discussed before, the Trump administration has repeatedly skipped the normal processes of cases going up to the court. And the court is rewarding them here for, for doing so. At what point does it become you know, crying wolf too often? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, and it's, there's no easy line drawing here, but there is another side to it. Uh, lower courts have been revealing or manifesting their displeasure with the Trump administration by issuing these nationwide injunctions. It may be appropriate in this case, but in other cases, perhaps not. And so courts are trying to limit the ability of the Trump administration to, to govern by issuing these nationwide injunctions, and that then really forces the administration to go to the Supreme Court as the only uh, uh, place left where they could defend their administration's policies. So the fact that they're issuing more of these emergency um, stay of the injunctions is also in part a reflection of the fact that the lower courts have been very uh, aggressive in trying to limit application of Trump administration's policies. So, Harold, in July, the court allowed the administration to begin using Pentagon money to build the wall. But in December, the court refused to let Trump start automatically rejecting all asylum claims by people crossing the border illegally. And now we have this. In about a minute, can you square those three rulings? <laughs> well, it's pretty it's impossible without going into the merits. And I think that's it's a good reminder that in trying to each application is separate, each application is based both upon the, the court, Supreme Court's view of the merits of the situation as well as the view of the harm. And while I certainly disagreed with the Supreme Court's decision with respect to building the wall, I do think that each can be squared a little bit because of the Supreme Court's different assessment of the strength of the, of the merits as well as the magnitude of the harm that might befall the administration. Thank you so much, Harold. That's Harold Krent, Dean of the Chicago Kent College of Law. His book is called Presidential Powers. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.